I'm Jason Ross from KHDK and the Sacramento Kings, and you're listening to the Kings Court Podcast. Down by the river. <laughs> Sacramento Kings fans, you are listening to the Sac Kings Nation Kings Court Podcast presented by the Laugh Fact, the Laugh, Laughs Unlimited. So joining me today, as always, is the one and only Mr. Joe Morgan. Joe, how you doing today, sir? I am doing wonderful, Vince. Uh, we got a, a wonderful guest today, so I'm really excited. Go ahead and just kick right into it, man. Oh my goodness, we can't, I don't want to delay this any longer because you, you guys all know the reason why you guys are here for this episode. It's super exciting. We have a Hall of Famer joining us today, an Olympic gold medalist, a WNBA coach and GM. She's been an author. She's been on ESPN and Fox Sports as a broadcaster, an NBA D-League coach and an assistant GM, and of course, a motivational speaker. It's the one, the only, Miss Nancy Lieberman. Nancy, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. That was a, a long introduction of my career. I'm telling I mean, you, have a long, you know, resume in front of me here that I had. I had to list off everything because you are just uh. that amazing, and we are so lucky to have you on the show. It's honestly an honor to have you on the show. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here in Sacramento, and I'm you know enjoying getting to know everybody. So this is a pleasure for me. No doubt, no doubt. So. I want to just go ahead and jump straight into this interview because I have so many questions from, from both of us, and we've also asked the fans out there because, I mean, this King's Court podcast is very fan-based. We like to incorporate the fans as much as possible, so we have a ton of fan questions that we also written down. But the first thing I want to ask you, Nancy, is, is one of the ones that I, I bet you've been asked so many times, countless times and again, because the fact that you are a woman and now that you are now the second woman in the NBA as a coach – is that like a milestone, and is it starting to become a thing where the NBA is going to start seeing more of this, ha- a trend of this happening, where women are going to start proving the fact that they need to be coaches in the NBA because they have the knowledge and the skill set to do so? Well, first, it, t- it takes strong people to make decisions that you don't see all the time. So I have to give a lot of credit to George Carl uh, for wanting me to be on the staff and for Blotty and to our owner, Vivek, you know, for seeing a, a, a different picture. And it's really kind of cool. I mean, I'm used to, uh, you know, playing in men's leagues, and I'm used to doing TV, you know, for NBA. This has been a part of my life uh, for the last 35 years. And I am just very fortunate that we get to make this historic here in Sacramento. We get to do things that are different and be a leader in what we believe in. Instead of somebody saying, yeah, no, I'm all for women, you know, coaching NFL, coaching in the NBA, and here we are. We are doing this. We're not just saying we're going to do it. We have done it here, and, you know, we're just changing the culture of inclusion for qualified people. I'm really proud of it. Oh, and 
it, it's amazing to see someone of your caliber with that resume and gender aside that doesn't matter I, I bet when you go into that locker room i mean you automatically get the respect of these players because you like i said in the beginning when i introduced you you are a hall of famer you are a gold medalist i'm not, I'm not 25 years old i'm not 35 years old i have relationships for decades with these guys uh whether it's past hall of famers uh coaches I, I have been around for so long, and, you know, we have developed such incredible friendships and bonds is one of the reasons why I'm here is because I've known George for so long, Coach Carl. But with the players, the really cool thing is that I, I've been doing the, the NBA for ESPN for many years. Uh, the last three years, I was a studio analyst for Oklahoma City. So when guys come in town, like I've known Rondo, you know, I get to know DeMarcus. I know Durant and Westbrook and, you know, Dirk and all these other players. So it's not like they have to look at me and go, now, who are you? We have this relationship of a friendship of years, but they also know my background. And today's player is really amazing. They have grown up with us. They have grown up with women, uh, strong women, successful women. They're not intimidated by us. They, they, embrace, uh, they embrace women who are successful. So when I see these guys, it's like it's a hug. It's a, it's a high five. It's a, you know, like one of the things with DeMarcus is, you know, we, we get to talk about USA basketball and what it did in my career and how it made me better and pushed me to levels that I didn't know if I would actually be able to get to. And so I can impart my belief on where he can be being a part of USA basketball. And, and he doesn't look at me as a, a girl talking. He looks at me as someone who's been there. Well, that's, I mean, that's exactly what we were thinking is it's, you know, you have such a resume that anybody who looks at you as anything else would just be insane. Um, we kind of started at the end of your career instead of starting at the beginning, and, and I really need to know this. I, I love asking these kind of questions. What got you into basketball, and, and kind of when did you know that your abilities were special and above and beyond all the other people around you? Well, I'm a product of my environment. I grew up in New York, and, you know, for me, the cool thing was I played football with my first sport when I was seven, eight years old. And then I was, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up being a New York Jets fan. And then when um, I was playing on the tackle football league, I was running back a kick one day, and uh, I got a helmet in my gut. And I was like, oh, just knocked the wind out of me. And I went, okay, maybe I need to find something else. <laughs> so I started playing that, and so I started playing baseball. So baseball was my best sport until I ended up, uh, you know, going to college, or I should say playing high school. And I love baseball, but they would not enshrine me in the police athletic league because I was a girl. And that was really the first time I ever felt like, oh, my gosh, why can't I play? I play with these guys all day long, and now you're telling me that I can't do this because I'm a woman. Yeah. I had never really had to, have to deal with that. So I'm a fan. I'm, I'm a sports fan. I'm not just a basketball player. I'm just a total, I'm just a total you know, sports person who watches every sport. Boxing and hockey are my two favorite sports. So I'm just doing what I do, and and basketball just changed my life. Being a woman playing in Rucker Park and, you know, playing so much in my my youth ball up in Harlem was pretty unbelievable. And you know the nice thing? When I used to go up to Harlem to play, 
and nobody really cared if I was a girl. Yeah. All they cared about was that I could play, and that was the best part of being up in the park. And that park is legendary. So you get a lot of bit of, uh, a lot of your street cred when you play up in in uh, in those parks in New York, and um, it helped toughen me up and, and helped make me, you know, who I am, fearless. <laughs> Well, it's, I mean, it's, if you can put the ball in the hole, we don't care who you are. <laughs> I mean, that's just the truth of it. And that's, I mean, I assume that's how they thought about it there. But um, I, I, I was also curious, you've played at the highest levels. I mean, obviously you're going to be coaching for us. What do you look for in a coach if you're a player? Like who, what, what, what were the qualities of your favorite coach? Who was your favorite coach and, and why? Like what? Well, again, you know, for me, it, it was different. I've had so many amazing coaches who are Hall of Famers uh, from Pat Summit, the, the former coach at Tennessee, who was my Olympic teammate and one of my coaches. I played against her. I played for her internationally. And then, you know, Tennessee played against Old Dominion. We beat them for the national championship. So uh, for me, uh, Pat was unbelievable because she really pushed me. Uh, she made me go to places I actually did not want to go. She was very tough. Pat Riley was one of my first coaches uh, as a professional when I played for the Lakers in their summer league in 1980. And Pat was really hard on me also. So, uh, you know, of the 30-some-odd coaches I've played for, those were two of the toughest. So when you're looking at these coaches and now seeing yourself as a coach, what were certain things that you took away that you would say – is now into your into your coaching schemes, into your the way your coaching styles are. So, what are certain things like, let's say, you took away from like a Pat Riley or any of your previous coaches like that? The most important thing for me is you have to have interpersonal skills. You must care about your players. When I was coaching in the NBA D League, when I was a head coach of the Dallas Mavericks uh, D League team, the Texas Legends, five years ago. The one thing we were going to do is we were going to pour love, kindness, and we were going to really care about our players. This wasn't just about basketball. It was going to be about family members, and we were going to make them better decision makers, better husbands, better brothers, better teammates. Uh, and we were, of course, better basketball players, but we really wanted to emphasize that we're going to push you, and there are going to be days that you're not really happy with us. But if you're really not pleased, just remember we're doing this because we love you and we care about you so much. Now, we weren't pushovers. You know, uh, we set the tone early, and we were firm but fair. But we poured into them every single practice, every single day. We would, I would write notes to them and leave it in their locker, handwritten notes, Antonio, I know you think this is the end of your career. There's Antonio Daniels, who played, um, won a ring in 99 with us, San Antonio. This guy's a $40 million career player. But he was kind of at the end of the thing. And, he, you know, we were battling. We were battling. And I finally just wrote a note put it in his box. I said, Antonio, I, I'm here for you. I will do anything you need me to do to help make you a better player. But, you know, don't, don't stop short of the tape. I've been taught a long time ago by runners, you run as hard as you can through that tape, and then everything else takes care of itself. So if this is the last thing that you're going to do in your career, knock it out of the park and show leadership and take your teammates with you. We will make the playoffs if you will do this for me. And, and, and don't just do it for me, do it for you. 
And it was a turning point in our relationship, and we ended up making the playoffs as an expansion team, you know, coached by a chick. But we, we, we poured into these guys, and we were sincere. And you could see the difference. I, I, I already see the relationships that we're building right now with, with, with Rezon, with Demarcus, with Darren, with, uh, you know, Emo, uh, with all the guys that we have. They, they won't work hard for you if they think you don't care about them. It, it's almost a little bit like parenting. You just, you know, they're not always going to agree with you. But, I mean, for the love of God, if, as I tell my son, if you're ever mad at me, give me a hall pass because I love you that much. Okay? I, we're not going to always get along because you're trying to forge your independence. But it doesn't mean we can't push you to be better. And we'll do this with our guys, and they'll play for the right reasons. They'll play for themselves, they'll play for the team, they'll play for the community, they'll do all the right things, and it's exciting. I want to remind everyone that you are listening to the SAC Kings Nation Kings Corps podcast presented by Laughs Unlimited. Hey, uh, Nancy, what I was hearing there, and, and I'm telling you, I am the easiest person in the world to motivate because I get, I get crazy for this Kings team, but what I hear there is, is it, all I keep hearing is, Family. I, I just keep hearing the same thing over and over is it's about the love of the players. It's about the love of the coaches. And that's so I'm going to I'm going to let Vince keep going. But I had to throw that out there. To me, it's a king's family and it, it involves the players. It involves you coaches. It involves the, the fans. It involves everybody in this whole Sacramento area and what we can do with the synergy we can build together when we're yelling for you, when you're teaching them how to play and when they're playing to their best ability. Man, how could we not make the playoffs? I don't I you know. It's 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 going to be a beautiful year. I'm I'm I get the hair on the back of my neck standing up. So I'm gonna let Vince keep going for a minute. Well, well let, let me just say something about that. And and I don't know everybody here in Sacramento. And I know there's been some mean years over the last nine years or so. But what I would ask is if your brother or your sister or your mom or your dad were playing and struggling, would you abandon them? I would say no. So when this team you know, has come upon hard times. You have to, that's when we need you the most. That's where we need these diehard fans yeah. who have been here in the glory years. We want you to be with us in the glory years, but we also need you in the times that we're struggling because really that's where you need family most to uplift you and, you know, to just be supportive of you, even in tough times. And so there's the responsibility with the organization uh, with the fans, with the players, with the coaches, that we're there for each other. Definitely, definitely. And over here on this side, it's it's straight fandom, especially from the one and only Joe Morgan over here, <laughs> producer Joe. The way he told that to you about family, about things that motivate him, literally the back of the ne- the hairs on the back of his neck stand up. He is the fan that the ideal Sacramento Kings fan that just lives, breathes, you know, motivation lives, breathes that word family. So I mean everything you just right, said right there, Paulie had his hair standing. I'm the I'm, I'm tingling because again, this is a family. We've been here through the horrible, horrible years, and let's be here now that we have a shot, and we're going to be amazing. We're gonna. I, I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna preach today because I I want to hear what you're saying. I mean, hey, you're the Hall of Famer, and I'm just some guy. But so I'm gonna let you talk. But I'm telling you, I get I get so crazy about it because. You know, again, like you said, we we've been through the bad years. Now we're coming up to, and hey, I, I I'm not totally insane. I don't think we're taking the one seed, 
but we, we, can, we have a good team. We have an amazing coaching staff. We have everything we need. We have the pieces to finally have a year where we're proud of ourselves, where we go above 500 possibly, where we have a year where everybody can yell and it's fun again. And next year when we're in the new house, oh, my Lord. So I'm going to let, like I said, I'm going to let Vince go because I'm going to get too fanboy over here. But, yeah. <laughs> but, there, but there's nothing wrong with that. We want you to be excited. Um, you know, we do. We have, we have an aging players. So what's what's most important, and I'm sure George will tell you this when whenever he talks to you guys, is we have to take all of the players on our team, and we have to give them a reason to make sacrifices to be better. If Demarcus and if Rudy and if Rajon and Omri and Costa, if everybody on this team is willing to just make a little bit of a sacrifice to make the guy standing next to them a little bit better, if they trust each other, if they trust each other offensively and trust each other defensively, and a lot of that will, will come from communication. See, communication is the most important thing that we have in life. I mean, whether it's in coaching, parenting, relationships, business, how I talk to you, the things I say to you, and the, whether it's the tone or, you know, just how I talk to you will determine the responses I get. If I see with negative trigger words, I'm going to get negative responses. But if we are, you know, positive in how we communicate to our players and we give them a reason to show up, we give them a reason to want to be around us as a coaching staff, and they sense that, you know, we're interested in, hey, how's your kid? Or, you know, what's going on with mom? Or, you know, tell me, what was it like to go back and play in that alumni game? I mean, if we, if we truly are sincere in caring about these guys, we're going to be better at coaching them up. And I know this. I've lived it my whole life. I, look, I'm a point guard. My job is to make you better. You know, I've never been on a team that's lost, ever. And you're not going to be so, this year. No, I know, because we have amazing talent, and we have a Hall of Fame coach in, in George Carl. Uh, uh, his assistants who have been with him, you know, John Welch and, and Chad, you know, these guys, Cordless Williamson, uh, you know, AC, Anthony Carter played for, for him at uh, in Denver. Vance Wahlberg is brilliant. Our video coordinators are exceptional. They're teaching me things that I don't know, that I need to know electronically. That's the so picture that came out, right? That's the picture oh, that you man, sent out. The... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're, we all have to make each other better. I have to make them better. They have to make me better. Uh, Vladi has to do, if everybody will do their job, communicate, and know that we are one, you know, agree, disagree, align. You can agree with me, you can disagree with me. But when we walk out of that tunnel together, we must be aligned in our belief of what the Sacramento Kings stand for. And we will do this. We will do this because we will pour into them every day through communication and action. Like I said, you got Joe so much. He's fist pumping every word you're saying right now. He's so excited. Yeah, I really am getting crazy because I'm absolutely, can we just fast forward to October 28th? It needs to be that day. I want to be in the stands. I want to be in my Section 216 with my family. Uh, And by family, I mean the 100 people that we're bringing with us this year. And I want you guys to hear us. I want to be so wild and crazy that 
that you guys catch motivation off of us because we're certainly catching it off of you guys. It's it's I'm yeah it's it's gonna be too much fun for words. So so Nancy, let me ask you well, this. Oh, go ahead. Oh. Go ahead. Uh, I wanted to ask you because you we do talk about family. We're talking about the communication. And I want to talk about your time out in summer league and. I mean, there was a, there was a lot of fiasco going on during that time where there's the the media was blowing it up or the the rumors that were going around about Demarcus and George Carl. Is that now all put behind you guys? Is there like a new you know clean sheet of paper going straight into this new you know training camp? Because that's what everyone wants to know is like how is this team forming now because of what the media has put on them building up through the summer league and quiet little hits that they've still kind of take here and there saying that this team still Vipers. won't even still won't even hit 30 wins. So when when you saw that and you were hearing all of that and you saw, you know, NBA TV, sports and all these different media outlets showing the handshake between George Carl and stuff like that. What were what were you I guess grasping from all that? What what were your thoughts on it all? Oh, you know what? I, you're, I'm smiling. I'm actually giggling. I'm tremendously. Um, I, I think I'm actually very funny. My son says I'm not, uh, <laughs> and I'm I'm tremendously sarcastic. Look, I, I I am who I am with my career. I've been in media as well for over 30 years. We let me take you through the athlete part of it before I go through the coach part of it. Okay. We, we are not. <laughs> We do not have to listen to what the media says. I am who I say I am. You don't get to tell me who I am. I'm, I, I'm not in control of my reputation, but I'm always in control of my character. DeMarcus Cousins is one of the nicest young men. He's well thought out. He's a good guy. He cares. Inside these big, amazing bodies that wow us are little boys and these guys want to be loved they want to be cared for they're sensitive they're all those things that they don't want to show because it's it goes against how they're viewed so if if george carl comes in here and he's talking to his player they don't always have to agree on everything remember agree disagree align we, we have disagreements in life all the time. It doesn't mean we hate each other. It just means, hey, look at, look at this from my point of view. How about this? I think we could do this, this, and this with us. We then have to, as coaches, as parents, give our babies a reason to do what we're asking because we have knowledge. We have what's called experience and wisdom because we've been there. So, all we're doing, all George Carl is doing is sharing his wisdom with the market. And sometimes is there resistance? It happens at the station. It happens at work. It happens with, with law enforcement. You might have disagreements, but it doesn't mean you don't like each other. I mean, George Carl can make DeMarcus Cousins a Hall of Famer one day. Not just a guy that played 10 years, 15 years in the league and made... $300 million and never was, you know, could never was a winner. He can help DeMarcus take his career to the next level. DeMarcus is smart enough to know that he's got a really good coaching staff that's busting their butt 15 hours a day right now. So we can figure out how to make him better, how to make Rondo better, 
how to make Rudy better, where do we need Carlson, where do we need, you know, Cassidy. DeMarcus and the players are really smart. And the fact that sometimes, you know, we're trying to help them, that's the most important thing. That's all they need to know is we're, we're trying to make them better. And, and let me just put a period on this. If George Carl gets our team and every individual player to play better and to play cohesively, okay, this is this is a shocker. You ready? Oh yeah. He's he's going to get his contract renewed. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that simple. He has no. There's no way he would want to screw up somebody's career, you know, and, and not get his contract. We all have incentives to do well together. I'm sure I've had this conversation with the market. He doesn't want to play 10, 15 years in this league and not be known as a winner. He's the most incredible talent that I have personally been around, you know, in a coaching situation. I've known Jordan. I've known Bird. I know Magsish. I know Kareem. I know Willis Reed. I I've been around these guys my whole life. I'm sad today because I lost my friend today. I lost my friend Moses Malone. Rest in peace. Mo- you know, I, I'm 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 stunned. Absolutely stunned. You know, uh, a couple. You know, we lose Anthony Mason. We lose all these amazing people. It goes quicker than you can imagine. So we're going to sit there and worry about the media, what the media says about George and a handshake. We're so beyond that. We're so much closer than that. And and families don't have to tell you everything we're thinking or feeling. We don't have to do that. We We can show you the best of who we are, and we can be consistent. And every day we go to the uh, arena, sleep train arena, we should have intentional greatness. Every coach and every player, that's what we should strive for and to protect each other. You have literally, you've made so many Kings fans smile right now with what you just said. I mean, media is media. Whatever happens at work stays at work. Whatever happens in the family stays in the family. I mean, everything can be overblown just by one little thing. And I mean, the fact everything that you just said literally probably has so many Kings fans smiling and excited. And like you said, again, rest in peace to Moses Malone. He's one of the greatest players of all time, for sure. Um, but let's start talking about this roster, Nancy, a little bit, because you, you say you got to bring these people up. You got to bring these players up to make them better. Have you talked to George at all about what your role is going to be on this coaching staff, what it is that you are going to be bringing to these players on how you're going to be coaching them in certain areas? George is an amazing guy. I mean, he's forgotten more about basketball than most people know. He will. He's got. He's got some of his key guys that were with him in Denver. He'll naturally. People will morph into responsibilities, but we all have to do whatever is needed. So I'm not worried about what my role is. George does not inhibit me. He he never said to me, "You can't do this." Or he's never said, you can't talk to this player. He's never said that. All George says is just coach, do your thing. Do what you do. I mean, once you want to play for or work for somebody who says, just do what you do. Every day. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that takes the pressure off. I mean, I'm learning every day. Every day I'm learning. 
you know, we have different technologies that I've used. Um, I, I'm, you know, like the other coaches, you know, we're all in there early. We're all learning. We all want to be better at what we do. There's not been one coach that's come up to me and not said, you can't come in my office now. Not one. It doesn't matter. We, we just walk in each other's office and say, hey, I want to ask you a question about this. There's so much kindness. Quite frankly, there's a lot of brain trust. I mean, you know, Chad uh, and uh, John and Corliss, those guys are amazing. Vance Wahlberg, he knows his stuff inside and out. So we're, we're all learning from each other. You know, I, I know the game through my eyes. They know the game through their eyes. We're just going to share what we know. And George, it's George's team. He'll make the final decisions on what he wants. Uh, I'm telling you, I, I keep getting the hair on the back of my neck standing up because I'm so excited about what you're doing. Well, we have a couple fan mm-hmm. questions out here for you before we keep going on. A yeah, yeah, we have a couple fan questions that we did want to get in before you know it gets a little too deep into the show. So, <laughs> Joe, go ahead and uh, ask a couple. All of the right, fan let me look up here uh, off of Facebook. I got one from John Mark Van Ness. Uh, what was your main reason for taking this job in Sacramento, and what techniques or experiences can you bring helping these young guys win? Uh, what was my well? You know, once I got into the NBA D League and I started coaching, it wasn't my dream, to be honest. It wasn't my dream to be a coach in the NBA. My dream was just to coach after I retired. The way it works out is this. The greatest thing you can ever do is play the game because you decide probability and outcome. The second most important thing you can do is you can coach this game because you're still in the foxhole. You know, you're game planning, you're making people better, you know, you're doing all the scouts. And the last thing you can do to stay close to the game you love is TV. So I've had the the blessing of doing all three of those. Once I got into the NBA D-League, I'm telling you, the switch in my head went on and I went, oh my gosh, I can help these guys. You know, think about it. Primarily. Who has raised most of these young men in the NBA? Yeah, they're their mothers. <laughs> so when people say to me, oh, my gosh, Nancy, oh, I can't believe you're coaching. And, I mean, how are these guys going to take information in from a woman? And I look them dead in the eye with love and kindness and go, we've been telling you what to do your whole life. <laughs> I mean, we've been telling you guys what to do forever. <laughs> Mom, Grandma. Your sister, still your aunt, happening. Still happening your wife, to this day. Yeah. your mistresses. Oh. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> We've been telling you what to do forever. What's so different now? I mean, and most of these guys are, again, I mean, I'm not coaching 80-year-old guys who have never worked with a successful woman. I'm coaching guys who've been brought up by strong women. This is, we got two women running for president. You know, I mean, this is to them. It's it's okay. They're not they're not afraid of, of a woman helping them. You know, they appreciate it. They they can be vulnerable to us. And you know, I remember going to the White House a couple of years ago, and uh, when I got the head coaching job with the the Mavs, uh, the Legends, and President Obama looks at me and he says, "You know, change is hard." He says, "I know I'm black." I just happen to be the president of the United States. It's normal to me. And he says, you know, 
you know, you're a white woman. You just happen to be coaching men. It's normal to you. And what he said is true. We didn't have to make this thing normal to everybody else. We know we look different. I, I, I know that, but it doesn't mean we should be afraid. I, I, I'm not afraid. I respect everybody, um, but I fear nobody. There's two things that can happen. Yeah, I can help the team or get fired. <laughs> well, I'm, you're, you're going to help them. I'm telling you. I'm I just, just, just the way you talk, the way you act. I'm telling you. There, if you, if you don't help them, it's because they're not listening. So at that point, we're going to get you some new kids to coach. But like you said, we listen to our women. So, <laughs> hey, uh, in the Marine Corps, we had a simple <laughs> saying: "It does what it's told." And, uh, and right, and, that, and that's right. and that's how I feel about the world. You know, when I'm when I'm told to do something. I just do it. So it is, I mean, it is what it is. And, and, and my wife definitely knows that. She uses that to her advantage. So, um. Oh, I already like your wife. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I swear to you, one day I might have that tattooed on me. It does what it's told. But um, <laughs> but uh, I, got, I got one more out of the chat room, and I'm actually going to change one word from it. Uh, Lawrence Solorio asked, how are you going to help these young players get more out of their abilities but so that they can make a bigger impact for the Kings sooner rather than later? What I really want to know is, specifically on point guards. I know you were a point guard, and not only were you a point guard, you were a magical point guard. You were amazing at being a point guard, obviously. I mean, you know, yeah, Lady Magic. That's why, I mean, that's how you got your name. So I want to know, I mean, we have these young kids. We have Seth Curry. We have uh, Stockton. We have um, even, even, even DC and Rondo, of course. But, I mean, the younger kids even more so. I want to see or I want to know kind of what, what I mean, I, I don't know if it's a plan that you have or if it's just an organic thing that happens, but, you know, how do you plan on, on bringing them up to not only the next level, but, you know, to, to the to the A-plus level, to, to being the kid who's on our team three years from now that everybody's wearing his jersey and screaming his name? You know, uh, first of all, our, our guys have tremendous talent. Um, sometimes you, you have to, to watch what we call the dreaded film because film doesn't lie and unfortunately it shows you what you have to do better. That's what my golf so coach says. You're, there, well, it's true. It's true. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've gone through this with Hank Haney who has helped me with my golf game, but uh, the good news is I'm better than Barkley. So uh, he didn't have to go, he didn't now, have to, go to now, Dr. Phil or anything. Now that video we're going to put online if I can find it. If you're, if you're as good as Barkley at golfing, we're going to catch that film. No, no, no. Look, we played many times, me, Michael, and uh, Charles. So uh, that's another show, our golfing exploits. But, you know, with, with the guys, again, if you don't, if they don't think you're attacking them or embarrassing them, then they'll be willing to watch more film. Or you know, you can't cookie cutter everybody. Some guys don't want to be called out in front of their teammates. So you know what you do? You get some film, you put it on your iPad, you sit down with them individually, and you say, "Hey, look right here. See this? This was unbelievable what you did." But by the way, you got to start sitting that cross screen because that'll get, you know, so-and-so open. So maybe you pull some cross screens of John Stockton sending these monster picks on these bits. And then you say, you can do that. I mean, come on, that's John. He was, you know, six foot one. Look what he did. Just in him and Steve Matt. And now you, are we not getting back to communication yeah. and respect? So instead of making it like, oh, man, she's coming at me with this stuff, no, she's not coming at you. She's just teaching you 
we can do it privately. If you don't care, we can do it, you know, in film with a team. It's really whatever Coach Carl wants. But we're, we're, gonna, we're already different. I'm telling you. DeMarcus is in the gym every stinking day. Every day he's in the gym. He doesn't have to be in the gym right now, but he is. Because DeMarcus wants to go to the next level. George and our coaching staff and our video crew, we can help him achieve all his dreams. He's already a multimillionaire. That will not make DeMarcus Cousins a complete person or player. He knows that. He wants to be better. He wants to represent this city. He wants to go down in history. You know, he has the ability. Some people don't have that ability. He does. He definitely has the talent for that, for sure. He has, so, he he has everything 25. he uh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I mean, he's only 25 years old. Yeah. I mean, you know, they've been, they've been put in a really tough situation because everybody judges them on, well, you make 200 or 100 million or 20 million, and you should be doing this. Well, sorry, it doesn't always work like that. You know, maybe sometimes, you know, these guys, even though they're making a lot of money, you know, they're still learning. They're still babies. So we're going to work with them. We're going to coach them up. Well, and trying to and learn. And we don't want them to feel the pressure of the money. Uh, trying to learn about the money and the pressure and the games. I, I look at somebody, and, and not on the Kings, but I look at Carl Anthony Towns. He lost three games in the last four or five years. He lost more than that in the, in the, uh, in the summer league this year. So learning how to lose and not, and not have it affect you, learning how to have, like you just said, $100 million in your bank account and not be insane. If I was 21 and you gave me that money, believe me, you don't want to read the tabloids. I mean, it wouldn't be good. Well, yeah, so, you go not. So exactly. I'm impressed with, with the fact that, like you said, he is in the gym. He is doing amazing things. And, you know, so when people judge him, it's only because they don't understand what the pressure is like at that level. And, and it's nice to see that another player who's become a coach is there for him. Because you've actually, and, and I mean, you, you were 16 when you made the national team, is that correct? I was 15. 15. Uh, I was a junior in high school yeah, in 1975, and I was a senior in high school in 76. And I'm still the youngest Olympic basketball player uh, ever to well, medal for the United States, male or female. And to have to, to, have to walk around with that pressure, you know how to explain that to these kids like you said, he's 25. He's a kid. I mean, and I don't mean it derogatorily. I mean, he's young. He has a lot of life in front of him. And if, if, if you can give him that information, that, that, I mean, that's, I often say things are, are like synergy, but it's, it's worth more, it's worth more than, than just the words. It's worth more to know that somebody's actually lived it with you, that, you know, you've actually been through the same things he has. So, um, well, it, it's true. And like I said, look, when I was, when I was 10 years old, well, let me even take you back. I was a poor kid from a one-parent family growing up in New York. We had no no father, no heat, no no lights. You know, we were one grandparent away from food stamps. So everybody looks at me today and says, oh, my gosh, you've had this incredible life. Yeah, God has blessed me beyond anything I could ever imagine. But I know what it's like to have no food. And I know what it's like to not have a father. And it, it's not fun. And I grew up in an era where there was no Title IX, there was no gender equity, there was no college scholarships. You know, I didn't have those role models. You know, my heroes were, you know, Dr. J and Walt Frazier and Willis Reed and, you know, Mickey Mantle, those guys. So I didn't have a path. 
And so when I saw one day, and this is again, these are, you can't make these things up. One day I'm in the kitchen in my house in, in Far Rockaway, and there's this guy on TV, and he says, I beat Joe Frazier like I beat George Foreman like I beat Sonny Liston back in 1964. I'm too, I'm too good looking to be, not be the champion of the world. I'm the greatest of all times. And I'm like, who's that? And I look at it, it was Muhammad Ali, and he's, you know, doing what Ali did at that time at 32 years old. And I walk in the kitchen, and I'm 10 years old, and I have flaming red hair. And I look at my mother, and I go, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to knock you out. I, and she goes, I am, I am your mother, and why are you talking like that? I said, I don't know, but I'm going to knock you out in four rounds. She goes, I am your mother. Two, two rounds. Two rounds. I don't know what I'm going to do to him. She goes, Nancy, him is your brother. And I said, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do to him. And she just was like, what is wrong with you? And I walked out of the kitchen, and I put my hands on my hip. I'm at the door, the door frame, and I just stopped, and I pointed, and I said, you better get used to it. I'm going to be the greatest basketball player ever. I'm going to make history. And I, I'm 10 years old. I walked out of the kitchen, and uh, I go in my room, and I, I don't have no clue, no clinical reason for what I said, my defiance. Five years later, I'm on the Olympic team. Four years, then I get a scholarship to college, and I wouldn't have gone to college without a scholarship because I couldn't afford it. And here is the defining moment in my life. I'm making, we now have won our first national championship. I'm going to be a senior. I go to New York for the Olympic Committee to do an appearance at a fundraiser, and I get there. They bring me up to a room. The other athlete up in the uh, in the room there is Muhammad Ali. <laughs> I thought I couldn't breathe. I could not breathe. And my mother walks up to him and goes, you know, I'm 19 now. And she goes, Mr. Muhammad, my name is Rini, Rini Lieberman from New York. And she says, my daughter, my daughter Nancy, she's the greatest of all times. <laughs> and he goes, listen, lady, listen here, woman. I'm the greatest. There's only one of us. I'm, only, I'm the only greatest of all time. And she goes, well, my daughter, she's the greatest, too. So he looks over at this guy, Howard Davis, who won a gold medal with me in the Olympics. Uh, he is Sugar Ray Leonard. And he was from Queens. And Muhammad looks at Howard and goes, Howard, the kid's mother says she's the greatest. And he just shakes his head like, yes. So he calls me over, and I was so scared. <laughs> I couldn't breathe, and I'm, I walk over to him, and my head is down. I can't look him in the eye, and he, he turns around, and he says, well, your mother says you're the greatest, or, you know, he says your mother says that you're really good, and, and I kind of look at him, and I was very shy, and I go, yeah, Mr. Mahat, like, I talk like this on New York, because I had paid $2,000 to lose my accent for you, and nobody could understand me. I had a good New York accent. Before. I used to talk like this. How are you doing? What's going on? <laughs> um, so I walk up to him, and he goes, Tony, your mother says you're the greatest, and you're really good. And I go, no, Mr. Muhammad, I'm not really that good. I'm the greatest of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and he hugs me and he goes, 
I didn't know there was two of us. <laughs> I said, I said, yeah, and I hit my brother too. And I talked to him after I and he goes, you hit your brother? I go, yes. <laughs> he was just looking at me like you're an idiot, but he was so nice. We have been friends. See, we have been lifelong friends. And, and when I got the job, uh, Lonnie and Muhammad were the, like the second people I called. And Muhammad was like, he wants to come see us when we play in, um, in Phoenix where he lives. But my point about Muhammad is he took this little girl with no support, with nothing, and he fueled my dreams. We didn't look alike. Little Jewish girl redhead from New York, you know, who was, you know, 10 years old. The, the black heavy weight champion of the world changed my life. He gave me a path. He gave me focus. He taught me to fear nobody but respect everyone. And he changed how I viewed myself. You know, you know the song, um, The Greatest Love of I Decided Long Ago Never to Walk in Anyone's Shadow? If I succeed, you know, if I fail, if I succeed, at least I'll live as I believe. No matter what they take from me, they can't take away my dignity. Because the greatest love of all is inside of me. He taught me to love me. I'm just looking at these players, and all I'm doing is what Muhammad did for me. We're just taking young people that could be scared inside and we're just trying to change their, their view of themselves and life. And he taught me to be philanthropic. He taught me to be fearless. He taught me to love myself. That's all we're doing with our babies here in Sacramento. We're going to give them the best of who we are. And they, 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 they are young men and they will be kings. They will be kings of the court. They're going to surprise the world. Hey, I, what I'm hearing from you, and, and, and one of the last things, because we have to wrap it up. We have some contests we have to pay off. Otherwise, our fans are going to you know hunt us down. But um, it's attitude. It's all about attitude. And I love hearing what you're saying. I love hearing your attitude about it. It's all and about I, swag. Yeah, it's all about having that ability to go, hey, like you said, I'm not afraid of anybody. I'm going to do what I want. And we're going to win because we say we're going to win. Not because... Somebody else says it, not because of the media, not because of any damn other option in the world, just because I choose to. And I love that. Again, the, the, the mental attitude I was brought up in is you decide what you're going to do every single day. And to decide to be a winner is a choice you make in the morning when you're, when you're looking in the mirror. When you're getting ready at 6 in the morning and you're staring yourself in the face, you decide if you're going to be a winner that day or if you're going to let the world kick your butt. And I love seeing that, that that's what's being imparted on these young men. So. Um, I well, think, I think we're going to be good. We're, we're going to be good, and thank you guys for having me. But um, we are, and we're going to build it every day so it becomes our culture because the only difference between a good day and a bad day is your attitude and your belief, and we believe. I forgot. We don't one, care what everybody says. I forgot one exceedingly important part of the King's Court. I don't know how I didn't ask you this because you're actually a huge, huge part of it. So me and Vince and um, I, you, you know who Jason Ross is? He's one of the the color commentators on KHDK. Um, does some of you guys' games? I don't. Well, he does some of the Kings I games. I don't know. And and between the three of us, we have a bet. Okay, uh, Vince okay. and 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 Jason are on one side, and I'm on the other. And I believe you guys are making the playoffs this year, and they believe that you're not. And the bet is. If, if you guys make the playoffs, I get to throw them in the Sacramento River. In other words, I get to baptize them 
into the love of Sacramento in the water down there. And if you guys don't make the playoffs, they get to throw me into the water for being a homer. I want to know, I want to hear somebody who's actually on the team, who's actually a part of the team, tell me that not only have I made a good bet, but but do you agree, are we going to make it this year? I mean, of course. Uh, if we give our players what they deserve from us, yes, I do believe we're going to be a playoff team this year. I, you know, now, we can be in control of injuries. I mean, that's... That happened. It's an eighty-two. Hey, li- li- life is life, and I get I get that things can happen. I mean, hey, somebody twists their ankle, you know, it's always a you know God God willing, and the creek don't rise, you know. But um, same time, attitude is everything, and 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 somebody will step up and take over for him. So, but I I have a lot of well, faith. it's it's next man up. Uh, yeah. Absolutely, you gotta have that next man up, right? Uh, yeah. It happens in, in sports all the time. But we're we're gonna be good. We have some really wonderful guys, and. Um, we're going to give it our best, and I believe we will be successful because that's, you know, you have to see it, you have to say it, be it. And we're going to see it, we're going to say it every day, and we're going to be it. Right. And uh, if, I can, if, I, if I can just close by stealing this from Eminem, I am who I say I am. You have to <laughs> tell me who I am. And, and that's who we're going to be. We won't let anybody filter in negative thoughts to us. All right, Nancy. So I'm gonna we're gonna let you go here, but there's one more thing I gotta ask if that's okay with you. And we asked this prior to the show. If you can just say, "Hey, I'm Nancy Lieberman with the Sacramento Kings," and you're listening to the Kings Court podcast. Hi, I'm basketball Hall of Famer Nancy Lieberman. Let me do it again. All right, you're in. Take two. Take two. Take two. Use take two. Hi, I'm basketball Hall of Famer Nancy Lieberman with the Sacramento Kings. You have to listen to the Kings podcast they are the best Woo! <laughs> thank you very much it was absolutely wonderful to have you amazing i have one parting thank shot you. for you um yes. we have something going on here where we are trying to get fans super pumped up this year we have um a whole section of tickets that we're trying to give away we bought uh, just a ridiculous amount we're trying to get people to go with us and and paint their faces purple and scream loud and we want chance. We want craziness. We have someone wearing a tutu. Today. Yeah, exactly. We have we have game. some we have some absolutely crazy fans that we're trying to get. Like I said, we're painting the town purple. And um, well, two things really. One is we wrote an article about it at sackkingsnation.com, and it is mm-hmm. it's called the Sacramento Kings Nation, or I'm sorry, it's called We Are Sack Kings Nation. And if you could share that with the players, if you could tell them about it, it's what it's what our goal is. We want to help you guys win. We have started something that I'm calling a verbal defense. Where if we can make the other mm-hmm. team miss just three shots, we're giving you guys a six-point lead every home game. If we can help just by screaming and chanting and blowing them off their game for just a couple of times a day, if we can get that loud and get that crazy, then we can assist you guys and we can actually help our team win. We can be a part of the Sacramento Kings for this year. I understand I'm never going to be seven foot tall. I understand I am never going to make a three-pointer. It's just not who I am. It's not the gifts I was blessed with. Oh, but God gave me some pipes. And so I want to I want to let the the opponents when they come into town I want them to know that we're we're kings and and this is our town and this is our house. So if you if you if you can share that with the players and let them know that we love them and then secondly we are always going to be in section 216. We that's where every ticket we bought this year all a couple hundred of them were all up there. Look up, wave at us, tell us you love us. We're going to be there. We're going to be cheering for you every single game. So that's that's the least I can do. I I promise you that I will tell the players you do matter. You are important to us, and we have to have your support. Look what it did in Seattle. I mean, look look at what it does in other arenas. There is a reason 
that, you know, it's called the home court and how fans can affect how players play. So you guys, please, if you're ever not sure how much you mean to us, get me back on the show with you. Oh, we'd love to have we you back anytime. We'd love to have you back on, Nancy. You are just amazing. I appreciate it so much. I hope your Dallas Cowboys win, but silently I do not because <laughs> I have a bet on the Giants. I, so, I mean... I have to say this. My wife is a Cowboys fan, and so she's going to love this interview. She's going to think it's just hilarious that I'm talking to another Cowboys fan today. So, I'm going to have to go inside uh, and hear it, about it, this it, all night. No. no, no, it's good. It's good. My Yankees <laughs> won today. I got to check out the Cowboy game and, uh, you know... We'll get back to work first thing in the morning. Sounds good, Nancy. Have a great All rest right. of your day. Hey, well, thank have you so week, much for being thank on. Thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. All right. Have a great evening. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, my God. That was amazing. Was that fun or what, boys and girls? Oh, uh, my God. The hair on the back of my neck is standing up. We have a King's family. It's true. I knew it. I knew we had a King's family, but to hear somebody who's actually a part of it say it, instead of just me railing on and on and on talking about how I want it to happen, to know that it's happening in the locker room, it's happening on their own level. You know, DeMarcus is working out when he doesn't have to be. Carl is watching video when he does I mean, everybody, they're coming together as a family and they love each other. And, I, man, I'm, I'm, believe me, it's going to be a good night for me. I ain't going to sleep tonight. There's going to be some writing tonight. But This I, was amazing. Yeah. Joe is literally fist-pumping every word she says. He, he was so inspired by this. Like, I literally felt like I was just taking a backseat and watching just like a show in front of me because it was it was one of the things where he's like, as soon as she says, he's like, oh, I got something to tell us say. Wait, 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 no, it, this is inspiring me right. Like the, when, look, he, when he says the the hair on the back of his neck stand, look at his arms right now. He's you like, people don't know me. Exciting. You people it's, who don't know me do not understand that I. As a fan, he's a fan. I'm boy. telling you, like I, he's I the, yeah. I guess I am. I don't know. Perfect fanboy. Like you can't tell him the Kings are a bad team, even if they are a bad team, because he's gonna be like, no, because I believe they're a great team. Because you can choose to be great. You can just wake up in the morning and when you're shaving in this and you're staring yourself in the face, you can say, I'm gonna win today. And that attitude pushes you through anything. Her attitude is amazing. Oh man, I love it. I I absolutely love. I I tell you this. I wish. I wish I would have said this on the air. But if I ever meet, I'm buying her a beer. She's getting a beer from me. You're on the air. Yeah. Well, no, I meant I meant to her. But if she's still listening, I owe you a beer, Nancy. I'm telling you, I'm I'm so happy. I'm so impressed. Like I I yeah. Again, I'm I'm getting giddy because. I, it needs to be October 28th. We need to kick the Clippers' ass in our hometown. It's a good house. thing we brought this like, up during her intro. A motivational speaker was the last thing I brought oh. up. In no doubt, in no way, is she not a motivational speaker. She was just amazing. The story about Muhammad Ali, the stories about her playing at Rucker Park. I mean, everything about her, the, her persona, the way she doesn't. I mean, I asked her. A, I asked her a pretty tough question. I did not avoid that question about what happened. In no, and she hit it out of the park. And she did not dodge yeah. it one bit. I had to ask her that question because every every person that we've had on, whether that be Jason Ross, whether that be Reno Bighorns head coach David Arsenault Jr., and now Nancy Lieberman, an assistant coach who was out there during the summer, I wanted to know, especially for her being a player, what's it like hearing that media stuff? You know, she dove right into it. She did not avoid it. She. It was amazing. This is probably the best interview. I no offense to any of the other ones, but this is no doubt one of the best interviews we've ever had. Nancy, if you are still listening, thank you so much for joining this show. And again, I want to remind everyone that the, that the Kings Court is presented by SatKingsNation.com and sponsored by, and now in partnership with Laughs Unlimited, located in Old Sacramento. These guys are amazing. They gave us a stack of VIP passes to hand out during the show. We're actually going to be doing a big news, if you guys haven't heard already, through our media outlets that Every time there is a Sunday game, Joe and I will be live on the stage at Laughs Unlimited 
doing a live show of the King's War. It's going to be amazing. And this show is amazing. And I'm still so struck and amazed that we have producer Joe. <laughs> producer Joe, people. He's the one who set up that interview. He's the guy who literally hits the streets every day and passes. He's, if there was no producer Joe, the King's Court would not be where it's at today. I shouted him out on Facebook today. Everyone's like, man, Vince, you know, you're doing an awesome job doing the work. And I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not doing work at all. I mean, I do put work in on the show. I do work for reading over these articles, editing them out, and doing stuff like that. But Joe does the fun stuff. And also, Hell yeah, I do. I ain't going to be doing the hard work. Don't get it, crazy. No, but it is the hard <laughs> stuff as well. It's inspiring the people to do it and also following up on your word. And you're one of those guys, Joe. I mean, again... I mean, we have well, I, we, we have guests coming, we have things coming. I mean, that laughs unlimited partnership that we have is amazing. And that's going to be a lot of fun. And it's, I'm, it's I'm, something that we wouldn't have without you doing well, it for sure. What what I wanted to say about that is, and I, I I'm very very excited about it this year. Me and Vince talked about this a lot in the last couple of days, but this year it's going to be amazing. But next year, when we can have a pregame drink there, walk over to the uh, uh, stadium, watch the game, come back over, have a post game, and then watch a comedy show, yeah, like make a whole day out of it. Have like a pregame show, because yeah. I mean, we can get it's five dollars parking, get there, you're already getting paid yeah. for parking at downtown. Go have a pregame and a yeah. beer, watch the show for a pregame. And so, at the stadium, what's a beer cost? Fifteen bucks. It's anything. We you can, can have do. five beers during happy hour there for that price. So instead of me having one beer at the game, I can have five beforehand and even, feel pretty good and pretty loud by the time the game kicks. Or even I'm excited. If you guys like our logos, the new Sat Kings Nation logos. We're going to be engraving them on cups. And stuff oh like man, that. yeah. We have so many great ideas. I mean, the show is blowing up and. Honestly, like as excited as I am with that partnership with Laughs Unlimited, that interview, I'm telling you, I'm still struck on it. I mean, like I said, the the fact that she doesn't. All right, oh Vince, gosh. I know you're stoked. I know we're excited, but if we don't pay off this ticket thing, you know, people are gonna hunt us down. So I mean, I I know it was an amazing interview. I am stoked, obviously, but I'm gonna, I, talk, I'm gonna write an article about it as soon as I leave here. Like, well, it's not even a joke. stick around and we'll do it together because I have some stuff I wanted to add for you. So, oh my we'll, goodness. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, again, I'm I'm pretty hyped up. So we'll we'll do like a. a what do you call it? A collaborative article, because I want to do some uh, some show notes on that. That was pretty amazing. That was um, awesome. Okay, well, so. let's go ahead and jump right into the contest. And you got the paper in front of you. I don't. I don't remember. We rewrote a lot of notes back and forth during that. So well, we, somewhere on here is a dude's name who won. Okay, uh, so okay. okay, so we have the winner right here. So if you guys didn't know what we did, what we did was actually we posted a picture on our Instagram. So just go on Instagram, look for Sat Kings Nation. We posted on on. We posted it on uh, Twitter. We posted it on Facebook. We posted it on everywhere that we went. And basically, all you had to do was go put a caption on that picture. And we had so many entries. I think we had like over 200 entries, right? About Oh, eight. man, at least. It was, and, it was and it's a crazy amount. I didn't even count them this week since I didn't have to do it there, uh, randomly. I didn't have to count them. So. But there was but one was winner. Like crap there was one winner. <laughs> and yeah. it came in. I, 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 I want to say this. It was hard to pick. Oh, don't there, don't don't act like no. don't just be like there was a winner and he was easy. No, like, there, there were some. Oh, there we sat here for thirty minutes doing. Ones. Yeah, there some hilarious. So ones. if you put one in that's funnier than this, but it was inappropriate, realize that's why you probably you might not have won. I can't. You know, we can't put behind. We can't throw up on our website something um, inappropriate. Yeah, I'm not even gonna say that, what it was. But there that, were a couple that, that. Don't get me wrong. They made me snort and laugh. But and when he means snort, you know, and laugh, he I mean this is snort this is laugh. a family show. This is a family thing, and it's a king's thing. I can't be, you know, I can't be throwing up something about. Well, again, I'll stop. But so, but this is this is the clean winner because I, you know, we're not we're not having some nonsense. But so, but it the, was hard. It was a hard choice. The winner that we have. For this week's tickets to the season opener against the L.A. Clippers is the one and only Chris Rodriguez Lopez with his caption of licking my chops with this new roster. We got this. Hashtag 
playoffs. So Chris Rodriguez, woo! Chris Rodriguez Lopez, if you are listening, feel free to call into the show. All of you fans, feel free to call into the show to let me know what you guys thought about this interview. The interview was amazing. So if you guys have any thoughts about it, you guys have questions for the show, anything like that about what you want to talk about, Sacramento Kings, I'll tell you contests, what, we don't have long, in. so if you're going to call, you've got to call right now. 916 we're already over. <laughs> 273-9777. Again, 916-273-9777. Um, while we're waiting for phone calls to come on in, things like that, let's start talking about next week's contest and what we're exactly going to do. Which one did we pick, man? I got so sidetracked with Nancy that I forgot. Like I, I know we talked about it pre-game or pre-pre-game. See, that's what I'm talking about. I'm crazy right now. Uh, pre-show, we talked about it. Which one did we end up uh, uh, liking the best? Actually, I, I kind of thought of it because this because of this episode. Okay, and because of the way that it was, and Nancy Lieberman being so amazing and talking about family, I want this to be. The one where we do hashtag King's family. So you guys take a picture with your entire family at a King's game. Your entire family wearing King's gear, whatever it is. Your entire that, family just being happy. Yeah, uh, you exactly. know, anything. Just take your family. Send me a Christmas card. You know, Show me your family standing next to Demarcus, even if it's a cutout. <laughs> Show me a family uh, picture with you holding ba- basketball cards up. I don't know, man. Just whatever it is. As hashtag, I always say, impress me, motivate me. You, you guys know the drill. Hashtag it with a hashtag SKN Kings family. Um, we're going to take this all throughout the week. We're going to pick the best one. And it looks like we got a caller here. So go ahead and answer that call. Right, let's go ahead and see who it is. Who do we got live, man? This is uh, Patrick. Hey, what's, what's up, up, Patrick? Patrick? Our one and only caller that we always seem to get every single <laughs> Patrick, week. Patrick's always loving on us. It's awesome. How was that interview, man? Did you like it? Well, first of all, Joe, I, I just want to say uh, she gave me goosebumps every time she talked. I'm, I'm telling and, you, uh, bro. I'm going to have to take, like, uh, yeah, there's going to be a Valium tonight, I think, before bed. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, no, no, you're my type of dude. Vincent, you guys are great. I can't wait till the season starts, too. I mean, we need to fast forward right now because... If if there was a fast forward button, believe me, we'd be we'd be slamming down on it. Because I want that remote from the I, movie. I, click. I'll be honest with you. I probably wouldn't go to the twenty eighth. I'd probably go to the twentieth, just because I really want to see that thirty for thirty. But uh, but yeah, we'd be definitely getting at least into October. Well, exactly. I mean, first of all, I love you guys' show, and uh, I know it's coming up big. And I've been trying to tell y'all, I tell everybody about you guys, and um, you guys get me pumped every Sunday. We try, man. We try. We really do appreciate it. Um, so uh, we're going to let you go right here because the show's definitely coming down to an end. We hit this man, we went, we went so long because we were talking to her. It's hard to not like it's hard not to go long when you're talking to a Hall of Famer. Like uh, we definitely want to keep talking. I would have talked to her for two weeks. So, uh, yeah. Patrick, have a great one. It was it was really good to talk to you again, man. We'll uh, we'll hit you up on Twitter and Facebook all week. I'm sure. All right, buddy. All right. Have a good one, man. All right, let, let's All right. Ra- let's round this show off off real strong right here. So la- let's make it clear one more time again. We're looking for a hashtag SKN Kings family. Take a picture of your family wearing Kings gear, anything just happy with the hashtag SKN Kings family. We'll, ch- we'll put that all into a raffle once again with random.org, and we will choose a winner come next Sunday for two opening night tickets to the LA Clippers. Also, I want to remind everyone that we are doing an SKN Arena game. We've got some videos submitted in. Oh, we're if finally you- getting them. I'm so excited. Oh, my goodness. We're getting a date. Everyone's oh. asking, when's the date of this game? When's it's the coming game? Wednesday. It's coming on Wednesday. We so, finally have so, an answer. So, We'll get the answer on Wednesday. All you guys got to do is start submitting your videos. 10 to 30 second videos of you just playing basketball with the hashtag SKN Arena Game. If you guys are not comfortable posting your guys' video on any um, social media outlet, you can email it in to kingscourtpodcast at gmail.com. That's where we get all of our fan stuff like that. So hashtag SKN Arena Game on social media or send in your 10 to 30 second clips as well. Of course, again, 
Hashtag SKN Kings family to possibly win Sacramento Kings opening night tickets against the LA Clippers throughout the entire week to get your name into this raffle. Uh, I want to thank Nancy Lieberman for coming on the show. She was so amazing. I want to thank Laughs Unlimited for you know partnering up with us, partnering up with us this past week. I'm so excited <laughs> that the show is running down. I'm going through this really fast. Joe, remind everyone where they can find you online. They can find me at Sac Kings J Morgan. And, of course, we got our whole new writers. Everyone go online right now to sackkingsnation.com, especially after this show ends. we got Jordan Santos. He wrote up an awesome piece. He's actually here in studio with us right now. Too bad he doesn't have a microphone. Sorry, Jordan. Uh, but you can definitely <laughs> check out his piece about Nancy Lieberman. He has five facts that you should know about Nancy Lieberman up right now on sackkingsnation.com. we got Drew Runberg, who wrote an awesome piece about how Ben McMore is the X Factor. That comes out on Monday. Josh Means wrote his MVP piece. And you guys are going to want to see that. That comes out on Tuesday. We have so much stuff coming out for you guys all week. Again, use that hashtag SKNKingsFamily to get in for the raffle to win opening night tickets. You can follow me on Twitter at VM Center. Follow at SKN Articles for Sack Kings Nation. And until next time, Sacramento Kings fans, bye-bye. Please come back later.